Welcome to the Mechanics of Storytelling. In this podcast, we talk with different storytellers across various mediums about how they tell their stories in their chosen mediums, the mechanics, the techniques, and the processes. Hi, welcome to the Mechanics of Storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Ezra Justin Lee, and today we have a very special guest, Luba Yudasina. And Luba is an opera singer. She also is the host and creator of Life of Luba, a very popular YouTube channel um, where she talks about life and tech in Silicon Valley. Um, so welcome, Luba. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Ezra. Wait, how was your break? <laughs> My break was really nice. I went yeah. to Belarus for the whole two weeks. That's your home country? Yes, exactly. Okay. So originally I'm from Belarus and I uh, haven't celebrated New Year's there for about six years now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of really wanted to be there for New Year's because it's always it's always the same, always the same tradition. So I felt very nostalgic to yeah. you know just go back and re-experience it and like be around my family and around mm. my extended family. It was super, super lovely. Do you feel like a kid when you go back? You're like... Actually, yes. I was reflecting on it when I came back uh, in that when I'm there, I feel a lot more present day huh. to day because... Uh, you know, everything's taken care of. You don't have yeah. to worry about it. You're in your parents' home. Like, food is made, rent <laughs> yeah. is paid, etc. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I w- we wake up in the morning and just think, oh, I had a great sleep. You know, <laughs> gonna go downstairs. Maybe mom will make tea. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whereas here, good. I wake up and I'm like, oh, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Need to get up. Yeah, exactly. It's like a yeah. lot of stuff right away. So, I want to bring um, my presence from Belarus to my life here. That's ideally. Good. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a good resolution. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. that peace that mm-hmm. it almost sounds Peace of mind mm, like you're childish childlike kind of bringing that into your everyday life i, I would like say that. so yeah, yeah yeah i'm definitely working a lot on just being more present this year and i started working on it before the end of the year because you know with resolutions i believe that you don't need to wait for yeah. like the new year to <laughs> yeah. start your new resolutions yeah. but um part of this year i will definitely or all of this year i definitely want to focus on cultivating more presence and more yeah. mindfulness just day to day because i think it's you can get caught up in so much thinking and so much comparison and so many things that you're supposed to be or do that yeah. you just like go into the loop of negative self-talk and it's really good to just be present and to be like good to yourself and mm. to just make plans and you know follow the plans versus like constantly drop this negativity on like i have to do this and i haven't done it on yourself yeah, yeah. that's kind of uh th- those vibes i kind of got that from your YouTube channel mm-hmm. as I was going through the different videos mm-hmm. and I think that's something that actually distinguishes you from a lot of videos there's just like really brilliant joy and this um, sense of grace that permeates the work it's not just like oh this is how you do a thing because oh, thank you so much yeah I appreciate and I, it yeah and I think uh, if you continue to keep that and maybe if you do the mindfulness stuff it'll just uh, it'd be even better for that work yeah because I think people do some people do just want like information mm-hmm. but People want a story. People want emotions. People want empathy. Yeah. And that's what connects better. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your feedback. I definitely feel like I want to bring more of that day-to-day life and storytelling about ups and downs that as a person you experience through learning new skills or entering a new career or just going through your career path yourself. Yeah. Because 
outside of just information that I can give give mm-hmm. there is like so much more to uh to the story than just the like x y and z this is what you do to get from a to b yeah because there you can like there's so many other people that they can go to for that right absolutely yeah. I agree I really lo- and for that reason I actually liked your episode or your video about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. because you kind of delved in that into that personal aspect of your life a little bit and I thought, oh, that's that's really personal, and it makes it more relatable. Thank you so much. Yeah. I will keep that comment yeah. in mind in the future videos that I make. For sure, it's being more personal, for sure. Uh, so I, I kind of like this. It's like very like relaxed. Mm-hmm. We could just like talk. Yeah. And then I, I I'm excited to meet with you today because I saw some of your opera videos, and they're very fun. They're very cool. Thank and, you. But the thing is, I gotta be honest. Like I don't know that much about opera. That's totally uh, fine. You don't need to know. You know, a lot of people tell me that when yeah. I ask them for feedback, let's say after a concert of, did you enjoy it? How did you feel? What was your favorite song? Yeah. And they always preface their answer with, hey, you know, I really loved it, but I don't, I'm don't. i not an opera professional. I can't really give you, you know, detailed feedback because I have never been exposed to a lot of opera before. And mm. it's always really funny to me that people always mention that because in reality, opera is like any other musical genre when you go to a jazz concert or a pop concert and Mm -hmm. you talk about it to your friends you most likely do not say that hey i'm not a jazz or pop music professional like i'm a taylor swift uh like professor but exactly (laughs) but this is what i thought about the music yeah so yeah it's always odd to me that people say that so what what i'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter that you don't know much about opera Mm. because as any other music genre it's about how it makes you feel and what you you know experience while listening to it and do like the melody do do connect to it that's what really matters for a listener of any musical genre or any instrument i think that's i think that's really good to hear Uh, when you're a child like growing up it was just like pushed on you or was it something you liked yeah great question and something that a lot of people also ask because i would say it's an uncommon thing to uh to do sing opera specifically yeah my mom always says that when i started speaking i didn't speak but i sang my first words and you know i'm not sure how true that actually is because moms always tend to exaggerate (laughs) but i tend to believe that that was the case um because it makes for a good story so basically as much as i remember myself i always was passionate about singing and Mm. I loved watching Disney cartoons and whenever I liked a song I would always try to pick it up and remember and sing it afterwards and I loved performing in front of my family and extended family since I was a very very little kid so despite Mm. the fact that you know I didn't know English at the time or French I would just pick up words by ear English words yeah 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 in the songs and then just perform them so basically music has singing has always been a part of my life since I was very little. And um, since age of probably six, my mom started taking me to different singing lessons. So I remember I tried jazz, I tried pop. So I had all these iterations to Mm. try to find the genre of singing that I could stick to and I liked and I I was compelled to continue learning and this was back in belarus yes uh, where you're from okay that's correct yeah so i was born and raised in belarus when i was 17 i moved to canada to study in college so um but yeah all of this has been uh was happening in belarus so then when i was about 10 years old my Mm -hmm. mom took me to a classical voice teacher Mm -hmm. and you might ask you know why did she do that was it a popular thing to do back in belarus you know to take your child to a a, a classical singing as opposed to i don't know again pop jazz 
us or something else. And I think the reason for that is because my mom growing up uh, was exposed to a lot of classical music because my granddad was very passionate about opera uh. and about ro- romance is yeah. actually a genre in Russian classical music. It's basically uh. a Russian art song. So it's kind of in your family a bit already. I would say interest. so. None of the none of my family members were singers. Uh-huh. It was basically yeah, just an interest. Uh, mm-hmm. um, desire to listen to classical music so my granddad listened to a lot of it and hence my mom did when she was growing up and so when i was around 10 after all these iterations of different singing lessons mm-hmm. she took me to a classical voice teacher so hmm. that's kind of how it all started and oh that's great yeah and ever since then did you um do any like actual like operas like performing on stage in a, in a theater like a play like where you have to sing i was performing at recitals i was um singing just regular events where there is a, a smaller or larger audience yeah. but those events were more recital like where i would sing a song or two or maybe even five songs but they were all kind of separate so they weren't a part of a bigger theatrical act which is which is a staged opera Maybe someday, hopefully. Uh, you have an existing YouTube channel, Life of Luba, and you feature a lot of different kinds of episodes about your life, about tech, uh, Silicon Valley. But I also like how you've incorporated your hobbies, uh, i.e. opera singing, into some of those videos. So, um, Thank you. Why, yeah, why, do you, why do you share that? Like, What is uh, your purpose in sharing opera, uh, and specifically those opera videos, with, with people? Yeah, you know, so there is a two uh, two parts to this question. One is sharing opera through YouTube videos, and another mm-hmm. one is sharing opera um, outside of YouTube. And I would yeah. say I do a lot more of sharing outside of YouTube. And on YouTube, mm-hmm. there is only just small sprinkles right. of opera here and there. Because you perform, and you even have like an opera tour kind of thing. That you yeah, do, right? I host my own concerts here yeah. in San Francisco, and we can talk more about that. And I also just was uh, pairing up with musicians from San Francisco Opera, where we hosted concerts oh, together. Wow. Actually, Kat and her mom and her sister were at the concert oh, in no December. Oh, no, that's so cool. Yeah. Kat's our mutual friend, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, uh, but uh, I will. Oh. Hey, Kat. <laughs> Hi, Kat. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, but continue. But um, I will answer the the YouTube question that Mm. you asked. So as far as YouTube goes, I just very rarely share my opera hobby on YouTube. And the reason why I share it is because, you know, opera is a big part of my life. And my YouTube channel kind of encompasses me as a person and all the interests that I have in my life. And Mm -hmm. hence, opera is a part of my life. I want people to know about it. And so I think I posted one video about me singing at a private concert where there there is a compilation of different songs that I was performing yeah. and then there was also a video of a Kickstarter campaign that my boyfriend and I were uh, doing with me singing in the middle of Palace of Fine Arts yeah I saw and that drone with the footage yes exactly that was dope. yeah that was so dope. there there is quite a minimal amount of um, opera on YouTube and the the main reason for that is just I'm I'm sharing me as a person mm-hmm. and that is a part of my life as a person. That's awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. as far as uh, sharing of the art goes uh, outside mm-hmm. of YouTube, that yeah. is something that I do a lot more of through uh, hosting concerts, through trying to perform in different venues and stages. And there is actually right. a funny story about that because when I moved to San Francisco, I really wanted to try to be a street musician or experience what really? it was like. Why? 
Wait, you wanted to do this? Yeah, I really wanted to actually share the art of opera with uh, just people of San Francisco. That's so cool. And uh, that goes to also, you know, sharing opera in general. I really want to expose people to this art that I think is very, very inaccessible for most because... Um, you know, you have you have this idea that you have to go to the opera theater, you have to dress up, the tickets are quite expensive, you don't even know whether you're gonna like it, because it's a three hour usually engagement. And you're like, okay, should I go to that, have to dress up, have this whole commitment, pay $100 for a ticket? Or do I want to do something that, you know, is more familiar to me and that I know that I would like? So because the bar of um enjoying opera and ex- being exposed to it is so high mm-hmm. i'm very passionate about educating more people and yeah. exposing more people to the art of opera and my whole idea of the concerts is essentially very educational where you know you don't have to dress up you can if you want to the mm. uh the concert itself is more of like an experience there yeah. is food there is drinks so it's a combination of all the different sensory um feelings there is yeah. hearing there is taste mm-hmm. there is um eyes yeah. sight um and so it's a the bar is a lot lower to mm. hear the art and then every time i sing an aria i usually tell people about the composer and some story about him mm-hmm. or her um about the song that i'm performing a lot of the times it's not in the language that the person can understand right right so it makes you relate a lot more to the art and understand it a lot more Hey there, this is Ezra, your host on the podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment, so stay with us. Me still, me still, so I loved you, so I loved you so. I told you to go up the mountain to kill yourself, your love, and you did. And you did, so I loved you, so I loved you so. You said you'd keep your word, but I never... I think another surprising thing is like, you don't look like you sing opera. Interesting. In what sense? So Why do you say that? That's a weird. Maybe that's very. Is that stereotype? That's very. That's very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. I just realized. Yeah. So my no, stereotype share, is, yeah. uh, I think it's from watching movies like Amadeus, mm-hmm. like back in the day, mm-hmm. but also cartoon people singing opera in They're cartoons. Really They're really big people, and they have like these white wigs. Yeah. And uh, you don't look like that. <laughs> but you know, that's a very common stereotype. So is it? Yeah, it's a very common stereotype that, you know, it's like some fat lady or gentleman Mm. and maybe they're a little older. The wigs is a bit of a sign of a specific era of opera. The wigs were usually used in uh, staged operas of 18th century, like you're probably uh, referring to Mozart. So it's very historically specific. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. a, that's very historically specific, but I totally feel your feel your stereotype about the weight class of people yeah. that sing opera and their that's, age. That's also kind of why when I see you sing in the videos, I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah, It's I mean, breaking all these images <laughs> I have in my mind. Well, that, that that's a really good thing, right? Because yeah. the stereotype 
I I actually had a very similar stereotype uh, growing up, and I think it was true for a lot of um, a lot of history of opera. And mm. the reason behind it, usually with with the statue and weight of singers, is mm. that the bigger you are, the more surface area you have to reflect the sound. Usually, uh. people are surprised to you know hear my voice because it sounds so loud to them. But I have such a small frame, like I'm not a big person. Sure. So they're like, "How do you do that? You know, how do you have such a powerful mm. voice?" And so a part of the stereotype um, has you know scientific meaning behind it. Sure. Uh, but there is so many singers that do not fall into the stereotype, even yeah. historical. You know, Maria Callas is a great example where she mm. was uh, quite tiny actually. So she used to be a much bigger once she was younger and then she uh-huh. lost a ton of weight and uh-huh. then in the prime of her opera career she w- was quite small framed uh, but we do still have the stereotype of someone bigger singing yeah. and an interesting thing that I, I'm noticing now is that historically opera was a lot more about just voice vocal technique and yeah. the majority of um, teachers, opera, classical voice teachers still very much Uh, comply by that standard that it's not about the looks it's not about um, you know you're fit for a specific opera song or role in terms of your age or character but it's more about how you sing and how you produce the sound and I think the that's the reason why we also have the stereotype of age and uh, looks but it's really changing now where now opera is not just about it's it is a super technical art and it is a lot about the technique but there is a lot more singers that uh, become popular not just because of their technique but because of their charisma because of their looks like because stage presence exactly stage yeah. presence so that's that's a very interesting trend. Yeah. So I would say the stereotype is definitely getting broken more and more. And I, I wish more people knew, like, had their stereotypes about opera singers broken. Well, you're definitely doing it. So keep doing it. And then uh, <laughs> things are being broken <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how you're talking about uh, singers more than just technical singers, uh, because... In opera, at least as far as I understand it, it's not just singing in a technical or stylized way. It's actually in the context of a, a theater yeah. where there's a story and then uh, the singers are also acting, mm-hmm. right? Is it Are people looking at opera singers more holistically now because of that? They're just more interested in story uh, in addition to just the singing? So I would say that that's always been the case. Perhaps my point wasn't, uh, I I wasn't as articulate as I should have been in um, my whole spiel about the stereotype of technique. Mm. Uh, The theatrical art was always a really big part of it. But you know, a lot of the times you, a character in the opera is like a 14 year old woman and then Mm. it's played by like a 45 year old woman (laughs) singer in the actual uh, staging of the theater or like the the woman was supposed to be uh, 14 and, is, and very thin and then the <laughs> singer is quite a lot yeah. less thin and then is a lot older so i think that um that part of theatrical presence is starting to play a much bigger hmm. difference than it was before but in terms of the actual theatrics and acting that has always been a big part of the art so that actually goes back to technique so outside of the vocal technique you should have the technique of um, a good actor because Uh, as you said completely correctly mm. opera is theater plus singing right right so you still need to act out your character for sure so like when you're performing a song or a set of songs do you do anything to get into like the mindset of that character can you walk me through that yeah for sure so if the singing is just technical it 
still will probably be pleasant for your ear because you know technically correct singing is usually beautiful the sound is produced yeah. in the right uh, way so it just sounds objectively good right however you're not going to experience any true emotions of the character because all you have is just technically sound yeah. package right? right a computer could do that exactly exactly right. yeah computer produced sound can can probably do the same exact, but it's the <laughs> yeah. human portion of adding the emotion and really living through the character that makes uh, you as a listener experience uh, the performance right. differently. That's right. Yeah. So how you usually prepare is technique is obviously a huge part of it. So usually I, at first you actually look through the music that you're about to sing and try to understand the historical context. If mm -hmm. it's not in the language that you fluently speak, then right. I would read a translation so that I can truly understand what the song is about mm -hmm. and I would know every word and what it means. Besides that, if it's not an art song, but it's an aria from an actual opera, you would um, spend time understanding the synopsis of the op opera, ideally listening to the opera itself, mm -hmm. um, really, you know, dissecting the character hmm. in the opera you as an actor must actually know exactly what the process emotionally yeah, this is, this would is interesting look like to draw parallels because what you're talking about is really very similar yeah like when you're reading a script or like a side which is exactly. a script for an audition yeah you want to know what's what was the scene before the script exactly what was the scene after what's the uh, whole story arc of the whole story, not right. just of this one script. So it seems like you're doing a similar thing, but in the context of an opera. Opera tells a storyline and enacts a performance mm -hmm. through, like, the reason, the only reason it's sung is because it's an opera genre, but ultimately mm -hmm. the singing tells you a story and progression of a story throughout the performance. Right. So essentially it's the same thing where you really try to dive deep into the character, you understand the historic context, uh, why the composer even... Take a step even further. Why the composer even wrote that opera? What was happening historically at this time? Mm -hmm. So that you really can understand how this character is portrayed, what the character's life was like, why are they singing the lines that they're singing? Yeah. What is the emotion behind those lines? So that is definitely a huge part of preparing preparing to learn a specific aria or an opera as a whole, or again an art song, mm -hmm. and then. Um, once you actually start learning it and singing technique is a huge part of it so then yeah. in that sense you would usually pay attention at the technique first make sure that your sound everywhere is sung correctly your pronunciation is good mm -hmm. and then of course put that emotional palette on your technical singing Hey there, this is Ezra, your host on the podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment, so stay with us. Hey, so I was wondering, I don't know how much time we have, but I was wondering if you could sing a little bit and maybe show me how to sing a little bit. Yeah, is that, is sure. Is that weird? No, it's okay. fine. Uh, how long do you want me to sing for? Um, 
Maybe just like 15 seconds? Yeah, sure. Okay. And then, and then I don't know how much it'll pick up. If it doesn't pick up, we don't have to include it. Oh, no, it definitely will It'll pick, pick up. up. Um, but it's funny because I actually just had my opera lesson uh, at 11 o'clock today because oh, I have did? it on Sunday. So, so you're all warmed so up. So I'm already warmed up nice. and everything. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let me, uh, let me see what it is. I'm going to be singing a Russian song called The Lark or Javaranek in Russian by uh, Mikhail Glinka, a famous Russian composer. Than 15 seconds. Bravo! <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was great. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't ideal, but <laughs> okay. No, that's good. Oh, sounded okay. Yeah. Um, could we? Could you help me sing like yeah. "Happy Birthday" or something? Yeah, of course. Could you teach me? Happy birthday. Uh, what exactly are you curious in learning? Just... Well, like how to project. Okay. That's like a big thing, right? So, if I was if I was to like try to think about it, it's kind of singing singing kind of like your feet are grounded and the sound comes through within of your frame versus mm. the sound just comes through your vocal folds yeah so when the sound just comes through your vocal fo folds it sounds very like flat so mm -hmm. happy birthday to you hear how it sounds like a lot less vo volumized and yeah. like a lot more flat right and then i if i sing through my body it's happy birthday to you there's more body yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot more body yeah. so i would say that's probably the simplest explanation of like diaphragm versus mm. not but as i said there is like so many more mechanics that go into it like but you, you, you can try just you know try to imagine that there is a force going from your feet into your into your throat and through mm. your vocal folds and try to produce in sound this way versus just relying on your vocal folds as the producers of the sound. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, so part of it is actually like imagining your body doing a thing and then your body so. does the thing maybe. Yeah, huh. okay, maybe try singing. A Normally I would sing, happy birthday to you. But this time with my diaphragm, I'll sing, happy birthday to you. Already sounds a little better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And thank of you course. for trying that. I really like your videos, like I said. Uh, and I'm noticed some people can sometimes be pretty cruel mm -hmm. uh, or uncharitable, to put it more generally. <laughs> some videos definitely have more negative comments yeah, than others. Sure. <laughs> how How do you deal with that, or how have you How have you personally understood it? So you protect yourself, but also like, how do you take what's good and proceed and so forth? You know, that's a great question. And one probably not a very helpful answer that I can give that comes to my mind is that I never put too much emphasis on the negative comments. It never really got to me that deeply. Mm. And the reason for that is because I think, one, it's a lot easier to 
for someone who writes a negative comment to get stuck writing a negative comment versus like going and changing something in their own life they decide to funnel their energy in yeah. you know watching someone else and throwing this negativity at them versus yeah. acting positively and changing something about themselves or it's, people around them that's harder work Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think through looking at it through that lens, I'm always like, okay, these people have nothing better to do, so why should I be listening to them if they can like mm. express their energy in a much more useful way? Why should I spend my energy on paying attention to what they're saying to me? Sure. Um and that that goes to, to like very unreasonable with a negative intent comments there are definitely comments that are more in a form of feedback of like oh i liked this in that video better and like mm. you could have done this better in that video so that's something where you know it comes with a positive right. intent and the person took the time to express something that could have been done better potential right. or they they would like to see and so that's it's actually constructive yeah exactly way. it's contra- constructive yeah. feedback so if the person decided to you know express themselves constructively i would listen to it more but with mm-hmm. all the people with all the negative stuff that is out there on youtube because there's yeah, so there's, many haters yeah. i usually just completely block it like i don't really pay attention to it because if you pay too much attention on it then your mm-hmm. energy is dissipated in the That's wrong right. places right. um and you might might as well just focus on making yourself better and doing whatever you're focusing yeah. on um in a better way and maybe when you're just focusing on that one negative comment you're you're forgetting the 10 other great comments and that yeah. great feedback absolutely right? and that not to say that i you know never ever was ever thought about the negative comments like i'm saying that i usually don't pay attention to it but you sure. know at the at the very beginning when i just started um started growing my channel and i kind of had the luck of uh it blowing up pretty quickly at the mm-hmm. beginning uh and i think i wasn't 100% prepared for the negativity that would come with it yeah. at the very beginning when i was like receiving uh, a lot like the the bigger video would become the more negative comments it would get because of just statistics you sure. know the more viewers there are the higher volume of like Yikes. negativity and positivity that you get just because of the volume right. and then um at the beginning i would like think oh you know maybe i should have done this uh differently here because there is these hater comments despite you know there also being a lot of positive comments but yeah. you tend to think about negative stuff first that's right and then after having these thoughts and iterations i was like yeah why should i be paying attention mm. at this like these people probably you know have nothing better to do and instead of channeling the energy and bettering themselves they're doing it for me so why should i care yeah. you know and so i quickly learned not to pay attention mm-hmm. um through you know just being aware of how I should be focusing my own time. I love that. Yeah. It's really positive. Thank you. Yeah, and also they watched. So thank you for watching, right? Exactly. In the end of the day, yeah, they spend their like precious time on watching my video <laughs> and clearly it definitely instilled certain emotions yeah. in them to take the time to write a comment. So yeah. there you <laughs> I go. guess I win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have one final thing. Uh I do this thing sometimes at the yeah. end of the episodes where I ask people like a spiritual question. Sure. Uh this community. Yeah. So so this is the question What do you think is the meaning of life? Very loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> no big deal. Here we go. <laughs> no Just... big deal. Um so I think one the meaning of life I believe is very subjective. I don't think there is an objective way to define what the meaning of life is. And I think it's it's subjective from person to person, from culture to culture, from yeah. part of the world to part of the world, but I also think it's subjective to the stage of life you're probably in. So what is it for you so now th- in yeah. this room? So I think now in this room the meaning of life for me is self-realization and actualization where you know I want to spend the time to get into know myself more mm. and more and understanding my 
um, motivations, my strengths, my weaknesses, and really thinking about how can I apply myself in what I love doing and what is it that I even like, like love doing and in the world. Yeah. And ultimately through this understanding of myself also realizing how to actualize all the things that I desire or dream mm -hmm. of or just want to put my mind to. Mm -hmm. So I would say that is the meaning of life for me now. But, you know, ask me in 10 years, it <laughs> might very much change. And that's why I'm saying I think it's subjective. Yeah. How about you? What is the meaning of life oh for you? God. Right in this moment? In this yeah. <laughs> well, I have an intellectual answer, but a more in intuitive, instinctual answer. I'm still working on that. I think it's both everything and nothing. Mm -hmm. So in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. Oh, interesting. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. I don't know if I said that. It's okay. But thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I think it's the meaning of life is both everything and nothing. There's this book in the Bible called the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, the author, they don't know who it is. So they call the author Kohelet. Mm -hmm. And Kohelet writes uh, about how life is actually meaningful or meaningless, mm -hmm. which gets a lot of Bible readers confused because mm -hmm. a lot of people tell them, well, actually... God means this and this is the meaning yeah. of life. But actually, I don't think it's um, contradictory. So the way I read it is, uh, I think the meaning of life and the purpose is to love people. And when you're loving people, there is no agenda. It's not like capitalism or communism where th there's a very clear goal, which is productivity, production. Right. Uh, it's not like that. It's like, oh, we love not because, we just do. And when it doesn't really have a payoff, a payback, that you're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense... Uh, it's nothing, but mm -hmm. it's also something. Interesting. So uh, that's all I got so far. And is, I, is this the answer you truly believe yourself now? I, I believe it, but I think sometimes I forget. And in, instinctively, my behaviors don't justify this belief or they're not in line with this belief. So I'm trying to figure out how, how I could align those two mm -hmm. because I think it is beautiful. I think it's compelling and I hope it's true. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, of course. That's um, a very interesting. Voice so thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you for your time. Yeah, it was super fun talking to you, Ezra. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hey there, everyone. Hope you're doing okay out there in the coronavirus crisis. Uh, for today's episode, I just want to give out a special thanks to Luba Udasina. You can connect with her on her Instagram handle at Life of Luba with two A's or on her YouTube channel, Life of Luba. Today's intro music was by Eric Chow and closing music by John Ringhofer of Half-Handed Cloud. Yeah, so please leave us a review and a rating in iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. And for more information on the podcast, you can visit us at mostpodcast.com or on Instagram at the handle at mostpodcast. So thanks. Bye.